Hey everybody, when you hear that music, I could sing along that title and tan, but I won't. This is the lighter side of baseball with Jamie Retzke, and we're back home in Overland Park, Kansas. We're pretty happy to be back here. We have our recording studio, and we have the end of the division playoffs, and so although there aren't any MVPs awarded in the division playoffs, we know who those stars were, and pretty close to what I picked in regards to my predictions. Uh, when you take away the prediction of the Cardinals finishing last in the division, I then switched in hopes that the Cardinals would lose, and I picked the Cardinals to win, and lo and behold, they did, and uh, we can analyze that a little bit because I think the common bond in most of these games was the teams that lost had managers that tried to manage differently than they did throughout the course of the year, and that's just crazy, but we'll get to that. We've got the Astros playing the Yankees in what everybody predicts will be the big ratings series. New York, the folks at the uh, broadcast stations, Fox, TBS, whoever, all happy that the Yankees are in it. And uh, the Astros have a big fourth biggest market in the country, too. So that's pretty good for the uh, ratings anyway. And then you have the uh, other two teams, the Cardinals and the Nationals, who nobody thought would be there. But the Nationals have clearly been the hottest team over the course of the last two months, probably, in baseball. And the funny thing about all of that is, even though you've heard me rip their general manager, Rizzo, repeatedly... Uh, Dave Martinez managed the way he managed all year. Didn't panic, just kept to his uh, plan, watched the game, and reacted accordingly. A lot of these guys take the Joe Madden approach, and they've choreographed, you know, like in the NFL, somebody will choreograph like Andy Reid the first 15 plays of the game. Well, Madden and others seem to choreograph how the elimination game is going to work out without regard to how things are going. And I think that happened in the Atlantic game. The manager sat back while everybody in the world could tell that the pitcher didn't have anything besides one hand on the ball. And uh, Dave Roberts decided, uh, you know, the night before or the week before, that by God he was going to bring in Kershaw for a game, similar to what Madden did when Kyle Hendricks was having a great game seven. Uh, Madden decided he'd seen enough of Hendrick and was going to bring in Lester on, uh, you know, not full rest, and uh, almost lost the World Series as a result of that, and going with Chapman as long as he did. Um, silly managing, managing mistakes, but as anybody would point out, if you win, nobody remembers. If you lose, uh, you may get the Grady Little axe with your job. So in the ALCS which is tomorrow, it's game one, you have the uh, Astros and the Yankees. And tonight in game one in the NLCS, you've got the Cardinals hosting the Nationals, and that's going to be a great series. So who do we think is going to win? We'll get into that. This is podcast number 37, if you can believe that. We're going to do one today, and we're going to do one next week when we'll have a guest. Uh, my good friend Bob will be here, and uh, Bob and I have a lot in common when it comes to our love of baseball. Uh, Bob actually knew uh, Dave Nelson long before I knew Dave Nelson, and you ask, why in the world would that be? You met Dave in 1973. Well, Bob 
and his family owned the AAA franchise of the Chicago White Sox at that time, and that was the uh, Denver Bears. And even though the White Sox shared that franchise with a number of other teams, including the Cleveland Indians, I got to know, at least familiar with, the Burris family through their affiliation with the White Sox. And I was representing quite a few of the minor league players in the White Sox organization. But even before that, they had the franchise locked up with Cleveland. And at that time, Dave was sent down to AAA, and uh, Bob Burris and his family got to know Dave pretty well. And that was in the 60s, so Bob beats me. We'll have a little bit about that to talk about. We'll have Bob's experience in AAA baseball, his experience with the Denver Broncos. His father owned a share of the Broncos way back when. And all in all, we'll have a pretty interesting time, including Bob's knowledge of ticket sales and his knowledge of concession sales. And in fact, we'll talk about Bob's concession that he has out at Royal Stadium during the course of the year and several other venues in addition to Royal Stadium. So we'll get into that with Bob uh, next week, and I'm telling you, that's going to be an episode you don't want to miss. And then, hopefully I'll have another opportunity to do one before the end of the year with Craig Kishan, even if that's over the phone. And uh, we'll try to hook Dwayne Stats into the conversation now that the Rays are out of it. So there you have it. That's kind of uh, where we're going to go. We're going to... Uh, Focus on the NLCS and the ALCS and how the teams got there. And then uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, some other stuff. So that's kind of where we're going to start, and uh, we hope you enjoy the show. I guess I have a few general observations, which I think are significant, mainly because they're my observations. And, you know, this time of year, we're not talking about too many teams. We're talking about now eight teams because the eight teams that got into the division championship were primarily big payroll teams with the exception of the Tampa Bay Rays and they were amazing. The lowest payroll in baseball took the Astros, one of the higher payrolls in baseball, to the limit and only with a tremendous performance by Garrett Cole did the Astros end up winning but the Astros have a great team and uh it's going to be a great series with the Yankees. But a couple examples of guys pitching on three days rest that didn't work out so well. I can't pronounce the Braves pitcher, but he came and familiarity breeds hitting in the world of playoff baseball because you see these guys a lot. Uh, you know, the, the Tyler Glasnow story came out yesterday that he was tipping his pitches. Uh, they interviewed Glasnow. He got bombarded with texts and other social media saying that he was tipping his pitches. He was holding his glove higher for his fastball than he was holding it for his curveball. You know what? I don't buy it. I really don't. Uh, Number one, the Astros were familiar with him. And number two, the Astros have great hitting. And so uh, you adjust. And the, the first inning is always a telltale because the pitcher doesn't really know what the strike zone is, and neither does the hitter. So an umpire like Jerry Mealy, who I remember back in the 2014 World Series where he pretty much screwed the Royals with regards to his calling at home plate of 
the game started by James Shields. Then, after Mealy screwed that game up, he was the designated umpire to go back to New York. He had a replay call. He screwed that up. Basically, I hold Jerry Mealy responsible for the Royals losing the World Series to the Giants. Part of his problem, and again, I'm not picking on him because of his physical stature, but he is not very tall, and the catchers are getting bigger and bigger. He could not see over Salvador Perez in 2014. He couldn't see over Maldonado yesterday, and so the high strike zone he didn't get because he never saw the pitch finish. He was blocked out. His vision was cut out. I swear that was a problem. But, again, the first inning is always a problem in playoff baseball, and it's a problem in uh, the rest of the year. Look at John Lester. Guy, his ERA in the first inning is probably 20, and uh, that's because of a lot of things. Did he warm up enough? Did he do a good enough scouting report? Was he into the game yet? Or did the umpire's strike zone affect the way he pitched in the first inning before he had a chance to analyze the umpire's strike zone? That's what I think is a big factor, and I thought that hurt uh, Glass now yesterday. The Astros pounded him, but I don't think an inch one way or the other made a difference. Now, I'm not uh, a major league player, nor an umpire, nor a hitting coach. So I don't really know, but that's my guess. I think the Astros just overpowered them. They were ready for the assault, and uh, it happened in the first inning. Pretty much put the game out of reach. I had predicted Astros win 6-2. to two. I was a runoff. Not bad. Better than my Cardinal prediction. So you got the Astros going. Garrett Cole won't be able to pitch until Game 3, so he'll pitch Game 3 and Game 7 if there is a Game 7. Uh, three at Yankee Stadium. Uh, game seven back in the uh, Minute Maid Park. So it's going to be a great series. Uh, my brother's a Houston Astros fan, and uh, you know we may just head to the World Series if the Astros get there. Those games will be Tuesday, Wednesday uh, of two weeks in a row in Houston, and then the uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday um, in Yankee Stadium. I think that's the rotation. So here we go. The uh, Astros, I think, will prevail against the Yankees in six games, and uh, that's it. That's my prediction there. With respect to the other series, man, I don't know. I want them both to lose. I didn't want either one of them to win. The funniest thing of all, the greatest development of the 2019 playoffs is as follows. As you know, the Nationals have not won a playoff series since they moved the franchise from Montreal to Washington, D.C. They had been in Game 5s on a couple of occasions. They lost to the Cubs in Game 5. They've lost to a couple other teams in their efforts to get out of the division playoffs and into the NLCS. But they never did it until... They got rid of Bryce Harper. Now, isn't that great? Bryce Harper is drafted number one, one, first pick, first choice. And they never got out of the division series with Brycey Boy because he's a pain in the butt. He's a cancer in the clubhouse. And he's gone. They win. Is there a correlation? You bet there is. They didn't have Bryce. Now, are they going to make the same mistake and uh, not sign Rendon? Don't know. I think uh, 
They'll try to sign Strasburg. He's going to throw his hat in the free agent ring. So you could have Strasburg and Garrett Cole in the free agent ring. You got the Cardinals with unbelievably fall into home field advantage because the Dodgers lost to the frigging Nationals. How did that happen? Again, they had a comfortable lead. Manager got too creative, and he blows the game. Dave Roberts, in my opinion, is one of the more overrated managers. Now, he's got a very high winning percentage. Only Aaron Boone in modern-day baseball has a higher winning average. But give me a break. I mean, come on. He just, I don't know. I mean, he'll be around, and he's not the worst. But bringing in Kershaw was horrible. Oh, my God, he threw three pitches two of which landed in the bleachers. One of my listeners is quick to remind me that one of those pitches that was hit was a bad pitch, way out of the strike zone. Well, still hit it. And I told him, Yogi Bear got in the Hall of Fame hitting balls out of the strike zone. There are a lot of pitchers hitting balls out of the strike zone, especially if they're fastball pitchers throwing 95, 96, 97, 98 up in the strike zone. If you can lay off that pitch and get a slow slider, and hit it to right field, unlike Chris Bryant, who can never do that, well, then you're all right. And that's what he did in the Dodger game and nailed it out of the ballpark. Two pitches in a row, back-to-back jacks. Oh, my God, nobody felt worse than Kershaw. But, I mean, come on, Dave, bring in Maeda, give him an inning or two, and then go with Jensen. And then be done with it. Then you win the game and you're in the World Series again. Will you win? Probably not. Astros would beat you. So anyway, everybody's home. Everybody's looking at their off-season workout schedule except for four teams. And I believe that the Nationals with Strasburg, Scherzer, Corbin are going to beat Flaherty, Wainwright, and... Um, Nicholas. So, it's my prediction. The Nationals versus the Astros in the World Series. Astros win the World Series in five. Boom. You got Garrett Cole to Verlander to Granke. Bring in Wade Miley and uh, Miley Cyrus and anybody else you want to bring in. That's the way it's going to go. Astros are going to win the title again and have another parade in Houston. And I think that's awesome. So that is the scoop there. With respect to off-season activities, um, there's a lot of managerial changes. As I predicted on this podcast two months ago, Bryce Harper brought down another guy. Kapler out as the manager of the Phillies. Wow. Can you believe it? He couldn't do the job with all that talent. And one of the reasons is you got a pain in the butt in the clubhouse, who I call a cancer in the clubhouse, Bryce Harper. And uh, so the uh, Las Vegas duo of Harper and Bryant don't have the same personality, but they just aren't really going anywhere right now. Bryce Harper and Machado were very pedestrian, very average. And at the next segment, we're going to look at some of the individual performances for the 2019 season, some that were good and some that were bad. But until then, I think we're going to finish up this segment 
with who I think were the MVPs of the um, division series. The Nationals MVP of the winning team is Steven Strasburg. Guy pitched great. Unbelievable. You know, a couple of years ago, remember he got sick during the playoffs with the Cubs. He and Scherzer got into it about, we don't know what, but I've got to believe it was, look, dude, you need to refocus your dedication to this game and this team. And if that was the case, Strasburg has done it. He's not looking to the bench with 80 pitches. He pitched in, you know, into the hundreds. He didn't want to come out. You know, he batted. He sacrificed, bunted. He was into the game. He's got a little bit of that Scherzer spunk is kind of migrating over to Strasburg, and it's kind of cool to watch. Now, he may have always been that way, but outwardly he is much more demonstrative right now. He's a better pitcher. He is into the games, and he's not doing it for himself. I'm telling you what, it's been fun to watch Strasburg grow up in the last couple of years, and he is an MVP of the division series in the National League, and he is going to end up a free agent this year because he has an opt-out clause. So that's the MVP from from that team. The MVP from the Cardinals, whew, I hate to admit it, you know, Flaherty is the obvious choice. He's dealing. Wouldn't you love to see Garrett Cole versus Jeff Flaherty in the World Series? Could happen. Could happen very easily. That would be a great matchup. Great matchup. Actually, Cardinals-Astros would probably be more interesting than the Astros-Nationals. But anyway, I give my MVP to Wainwright. Man, oh man, he's helped Flaherty. He's pitched great. He supposedly begged for one more year, took less money, and the guy had a great, great season. Underline, great. I don't like him, but how do you ignore that guy? And he helped Flaherty, improved Flaherty, and I think Wainwright comes back for another year, maybe two. He deserves it. He really does. Hate to say it. Don't like the Cardinals. Hate Molina. I don't even like LaRusso, and he's gone. Don't even mention Dave Duncan, but the birds on the bat. I love Dexter Fowler. Can't take it away from him. And they got some good speed with Edmund and with a Bader. So, and Azuna's going crazy. So I, I like the team, actually. Most of the guys I don't like have gone. Not a big Carpenter fan, but he's in, he's out, he's hurt. That was a, one of the funniest things of the, uh, the uh, God, what do you call that? The massacre at at um, SunTrust Park. Oh, my God. Nobody could stop the bleeding. Oh, the catcher should have gone out more. The umpire, the manager should have gone out. The pitching coach. I know the pitching, the manager slash pitching coach can only go out once, but the catcher can go out three or four times. Something, something was not right in how they let that baby get away. And talk about tipping your pitches, he had to be. That was bad. But... The funniest thing was they scored 10 in the first inning and Carpenter never goes to the field. They defensively replace him after one inning. You'll never see that again. That was hilarious. And a pretty good move by the manager. And that guy, uh, Schlitter or Shipman or whatever the heck the guy's name is, Schilty, Schilty, uh, he quietly just manages, man. He's unflappable. I, I 
love watching that guy. He didn't do anything different than he's been doing. They were up by 10. He wasn't hooting and hollering. You know, he's got uh, Yachty sitting on his shoulder all the time. And uh, he's got the best pitching coach in baseball. And, oh, my goodness, Cubs, that might make a difference. So, you know, the Cubs have the Cardinals to contend with for the next rest of mankind. With respect to the MVPs that I would give out on the American League Division Series, you know, here we go again. There's another Cub, MVP, Gliber Torres. It's Glaber Day, according to the uh, Yankees broadcaster. Glaber Torres, man, he's the real deal. Oh, my goodness gracious. Cubs have a World Series trophy to be happy with, and I'll take that over Gliber, Glaber, whatever his name is. And uh, Chapman was interesting for three months, but you got <laughs> here's another funny thing. It's always funny. That's no, not funny to the Yankee fans, but who likes the Yankee fans unless you're a Yankee fan? I mean, uh, during the post-game celebration when the Yankees swept the Twins, Twins have never beaten the Yankees in a playoff game, uh, Chapman got hit by a bottle of celebratory champagne and is injured. And uh, he'll probably be able to pitch, but... You know, that's like guys jumping up and down and hurting their ankle. When in the world will somebody prevail until the World Series before the uh, guys don't get hurt in uh, celebrating their tasks, their successes? And, of course, on the Astro side, that's a no-brainer. Garrett Cole, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, sets a strikeout record. The guy is unbelievable, and he just gets better. Fun to watch. Free agent. I'm putting him in the Cubs rotation next year. I think Joe Giardi or David Ross will really want to make that happen. I think the Cubs get rid of Bryant. I think they get rid of uh, Russell. I think they get rid of Schwarber. And I think they get Derek Cole. So, there you have it. That's it for segment one. It's a great day. I'm playing golf this afternoon. Can't wait for that. Uh, the playoffs start tonight with the ALCS and the NLCS over the weekend. Actually, tonight is the NLCS. And uh, we're going to have a good time watching that. And we're going to have a good time with the uh, podcast next week. So, uh, Jamie Retzke on the lighter side of baseball. Uh, the lighter side is pretty funny. There were some great plays during the playoffs. Playoff baseball is so much fun. And... Uh, like I said in the last podcast, I don't care if I ever get back. The games were long, but does anybody care at this point? Not really. Pace yourself. Enjoy the ride. We got another two weeks of great baseball. Then we have free agency. Then we have winter meetings, spring training, and we get to start all over again on the lighter side of baseball. So, don't forget to tune in to iTunes Podcasts, The Lighter Side of Baseball, or go to SoundCloud, our original carrier, search on The Lighter Side of Baseball, and uh, let me know if you would rather get a link to the podcast, and then you just have to link it up on your email. We can do it any way we want to. So, that's it. Keep the comments coming in. We appreciate it. We're looking for one sponsor, one sponsor next year, and uh, call-in capability. It'll be fun. We're going to take it to a new level, 
even if our listening audience has grown from three to four. That's it. Segment one is over. On the lighter side of baseball, we'll be back in a few minutes with some highlights from the year and go from there. So we're back on the lighter side of baseball. We're going to look at the personal, individual efforts of some of these players and how uh, that contributed to the four teams that are in the final four. And uh, then we're going to look at the managerial changes. And uh, although nobody has been hired yet, let's look at the West Coast. We've got San Diego, San Francisco, and California Angels at Anaheim. Let's see if you were going to manage a team and you had agreed on the 7 or $8 million a year for a five-year contract you were going to get, where would you go? Would you go to San Diego? Would you go to San Francisco? Or would you go to California? Well, I think Joe Madden is going to go back to California, but that's just a guess because there are a lot of openings closer to home for Joe. But if it were me, I would have taken the San Diego job, but I don't want anything to do with Machado. And so that job is out, even though they have one of the best, if not the best, farm systems in baseball. Uh, the California job, man, you got to put up with L.A. Unless you had a helicopter and a travel allowance. I don't think I'd want that job. Uh, the Areno, the, the, the owner... I don't know. They can't get over the hump. Maybe Madden will do it. I don't know. Mike Sosha was a pretty good manager. They made a ridiculous move in getting Brad Osmus, but everybody wants to go with guys that don't have much experience. Um, so, I mean, they're looking at Carlos Beltran with the Cubs. They're looking at David Ross with the Cubs. They're looking at guys that don't have any experience. It's kind of funny. Uh, and then they talk about how everybody in the playoffs were managers for the first time with their teams, with the exception of... A.J. Hinch. We covered that last time. Anyway, I'd take the uh, San Francisco job in a heartbeat. Uh, close to Napa Valley. Uh, you've got questionable weather. And, uh, the best ballpark may be on the west side of the Mississippi. Maybe the best ballpark in all of baseball. And you've got an owner uh, and an ownership group that wants to win. So, And you're going to get rid of Bumgarner. So hopefully he doesn't show up with any team I like. So of those three, I'm taking the San Francisco job if it were offered to me, and so far I haven't interviewed for it. Don't expect to get it, but if I could, that's the one of those three. Then if you move a little further east, you've got the uh, Cubs job, and if they were smart, they'd interview all these candidates, and they'd hire a guy named Joe Madden. Yeah, that's right. I'd hire back Joe after all this fanfare. Bring him back. Let him have his coaches. It's not going to happen. I understand it. Every now and then, team will give a, a, an offer to a player, qualifying offer. He won't take it, and then he'll come around like Basakis did with the Royals a couple years ago. Anyway, I'd go with Joe. We love Joe. Although change will be good, I think um, if Theo is smart, He'd take Giardi. I question Theo's brain sometimes, so I think he'll have Ross, and he'll think that he can control the 
uh, launch angle and everything else with the Cubs, which didn't work out so good this year. Joe, you should have the job. Theo, look at the Cardinals pitching staff with somebody who knows what they're doing. Mike Maddox, get a real pitching coach. Not your stat cast dude, Hatovi. Don't keep him in the organization, but not on the bench. Give me a friggin' break. And you need a hitting coach. Okay, let's explore the Pennsylvania jobs that are open. You have the Pirates job and the Phillies job. I, for a long time, I've said Madden's going to take the Phillies job. I'm sticking with that. I'm not wishy-washy. I'm not going to change with the wind. Madden to Philadelphia. I'm already half right. They got rid of Kapler. When people said that'll never happen, it happened. Then you move to uh, New York, and the Mets are rumored to be in hot pursuit of Joe Giardi, which would be interesting for Joe to go back to the Mets. I think it would be a good move for the Mets. I'd take that job. That would be the second job I'd take, except that it's New York City, so my favorite job would be the Cubs in the fantasy land. So uh, that's... That's it. I think I'm sure I'm missing some kind of a uh, opening in the management world, but um, right now those are it's the three on the West Coast: the Cubs, the Pirates, the Phillies, the Mets, and uh, uh, my friend, my client, former client. I represented him in a criminal case in Kansas City, so I can call my former client. Don Mattingly took a pay cut. And stayed with the worst team in baseball. So, speaking of why teams are good, number one, the payroll. The Yankees, number three. Of course, we have the Red, the Red Sox and the Cubs, one and two, they're out. Yankees, Astros, Cardinals, Nationals are all in the top ten of payroll. So there you have it. If you're in the top ten of the payroll, you have a 40% chance at the very least of going to the ALCS and the NLCS. Boom. No question about it. And let's look at the uh, let's look at the team stats in the area of pitching. The most important stat, even though my son pointed out it is a cybermetric stat, would be whip. Walks and hits printings pitched. Number one Los Angeles Dodgers, no surprise, in the playoffs. Number two, the Houston Astros in the ALCS. Number three, the Tampa Bay Rays made it down to the last game of the division championship. Four, the Indians. Five, the Athletics. Let's look at the individual players with those, with whip. My stat that I love. You're going to love this. This is, this is how you win pennants. Number one, with a whip below one, Justin Verlander. Number two, with a whip below one, Garrett Cole. Number three, with a whip below one, Flaherty. Number four, with a whip below one, DeGrom. Number five with a whip below one, Granky. Six with a whip of 1.01, Rayu. Followed by Scherzer, Strasburg, Bueller, Kershaw, Bieber, Giolito. You getting my drift? 
ERA, Ryu, DeGrom, Cole, Verlander, Soraka, Flaherty, Gray, Scherzer, Granke, Kershaw. Pitching, pitching reigns. And then in hitting, team stats for hitting, uh, the best batting average, wouldn't surprise anybody to learn. It's the Houston Astros, followed by the Twins, Red Sox, Yankees, Rockies, Nationals, Pirates, etc. But my stat runs, the all-important runs, listen to this. Yankees in the ALCS, Twins lost to the Yankees, Astros in the ALCS, Red Sox, Dodgers, Nationals, Braves, Athletics, boom. Get the point? The leaders in runs are the ones that rock. They prevail. And let's look at hits. Red Sox, Twins, Astros, boom. Let's look at what I think is pretty instructive, although I'm not a big fan of the combined on-base percentage and slugging percentage. But, number one, the Astros, two, the Twins, the Yankees, Dodgers, Red Sox. Red Sox statistically should have been in the playoffs, but they didn't have a closer. Let's look at saves, since we're speaking of that. We're going to look at team totals for saves, and we know who the save leaders are in this order. The Cardinals, Brewers, Twins, Yankees, Astros, Padres, Reds. The individuals for saves, and this is kind of uh, interesting, would be Yates with the uh, San Diego, followed by Osuna with the Astros, who pitched last night, Chapman, Hayter, Hand with the Indians, etc., etc. So, who led in strikeouts? Cole. 326, Verlander, 300, Bieber, 259, DeGrom, Bauer, Strasburg, etc., etc. Let's look at the uh, batting of the individuals. The home run leadership in the American League was my man Jorge Soler, and in the National League, the Rookie of the Year, Pete Alonso, followed by Suarez, Bellinger, who had a rotten series in the playoffs at 47 home runs. Average, Tim Anderson, how, how great is that enigma? You've got Chicago White Sox batter leading in batting average. How, how, where'd that come from? That's why they gave him that big contract and a 10-year deal. Number two, Yelich. Number three, Marte with the Diamondbacks and LeMahieu, Rendon. Who's a free agent? McNeil with the Mets, Moncada with the White Sox. Interesting. Go Sox, go. And then hits the leader again, an enigma. Whitmerfield with the Royals, Devers Red Sox, LeMahieu Yankees, Bogart Red Sox, Albies Braves, Marte, Simeon Polanco. So, you know, Smarte was probably the biggest surprise of the year. Uh, the Athletics were probably the biggest surprise of the year, and the Rays had a great. Great surprising season. So, you know, where does that leave you? The White Sox, 1959, I told you I'd wrap that up. They lost in six games to the Dodgers. And the 1919 White Sox lost in eight games to Cincinnati. And uh, eight of those fellows were banned from baseball. But as I said, three of those guys on that team, 
made it into the Hall of Fame. Eddie Collins, probably the most famous, along with uh, Red Faber and Ray Schock. So, there you have it. The Black Sox year comes to an end in shame and embarrassment. The White Sox took another 40-some years to get back into the playoffs. And uh, my math may be a little missing there. The Royals, I forgot that team has an opening. How could I forget? I mean, Ned Yost, some of these articles hail Ned Yost as a hero and a legend in Royals history. And I say, that is a joke. He had a losing record. He took a lot of decent teams and turned them into bad teams. He happened to luck into Greg Holland, Calvin Herrera, and Wade Davis. And his pitching coach figured out how to ruin those three arms but win the World Series. And uh, we're happy for it. I mean, as a season ticket holder in 2014, 15, and 16, you know, I, I was uh, at the World Series. How many... How many times can you go to three World Series in a row with your with your teams? Now, which team will get back to the World Series quicker, the Royals or the Cubs? I think it's a close call. I think it depends upon who the new ownership of the Royals picks as a manager. I hope it's not Mike Matheny. I mean, I, I, he's an interesting guy. Um, did okay with the uh, Cardinals, but he had kind of the same problem Yost had with the Brewers, and that is players didn't think he had their back. Now, Ned, for probably a variety of reasons, seemed to put his personality into a different place with the Royals. And ultimately, you know, you talk to uh, or read the quotes from Alex Gordon and some of these other guys, they absolutely loved Ned and said, he's got our back. Well, something changed, I guess. You know, I hadn't been around Ned since he was a manager of the Brewers and Nellie was a coach for him. But uh, I did see him on a couple of occasions. I wasn't a big Ned Yost fan, as everybody knows. That's putting it mildly. I think they can do better than Mike Matheny. And I think they need to go out and get some free agents. I just renewed my season tickets. Hoo-hoo. And everybody that shared my tickets is in again for another exciting year. So, you know, I think uh, 2020 should be pretty exciting here in Kansas City. What will it be like in Chicago? I don't know. I mean, if they purge the nucleus of the team, and as I said, I thought I think they'll get rid of Bryant, Russell, and Schwarber. Now, I'm 99% sure on Russell. sure on Bryant, 10% sure on Schwarber. Uh, A lot of people love Schwarber, and he actually hit pretty good in left field. I think the biggest mistake the Cubs made was getting rid of Dexter Fowler. They can't unload Jay Hay, but I like Hayward. I would love an outfield of Hayward, Almora, and Schwarber. I think that's fine. Stick with that outfield. And if you keep Bryant, you got Bryant. Baez, probably Nico, Nico, Nico at second, and Rizzo at first, and uh, the combination of Caratini and uh, 
Oh, the, the star, the great catcher, Contreras. So, you know, I think that's all pretty good. You need Garrett Cole. You need Steven Strasburg. If you get Strasburg and Cole along with Lester and Hendrick and Quintana, I'm pretty happy with that pitching staff. You know, I think that would be great. We can dream right now because those dreams have not been quashed. The Cubs need pitching. Who doesn't? The Cubs have money. Lots of teams don't. What will John Sherman do with the Royals? I don't know. I look for the Royals in the next 10 years to abandon the K and build a downtown stadium. That'd be a smart move, regardless of the cost. Now, I don't know how deep Mr. Sherman's pockets are, nor the pockets of his group. I'm sure there's a group. It's really been kept pretty quiet in Kansas City since the announcement that he was going to buy it. The owners meet on, uh, I believe it's November 23rd. Uh, Reinsdorf, the owner of the White Sox, told me he thought that Sherman got a great deal for a billion dollars. <laughs> you know, Jerry bought lunch, what can I say? Uh, Jerry's happier than you know what, because if a team like the Royals goes for a billion, the White Sox are worth double that, time and a half that. Anyway, those are the issues. And then we've got the, you know, the uh, PDA coming up in another year. Uh, we've got the length of these baseball games. We've got Manfred, who's kind of a wimp, unwilling to do much besides perpetuate the game. The attendance goes down, the time goes up, profits go up. Don't get it, but they do. So we got all sorts of good stuff to talk about in the offseason and the uh, try to have a few guests on, have a few conversations. But in the meantime, next week, cast number 38. We'll talk about the ALCS, and by then, we might have a pretty good idea who's sort of on their way to the World Series, and that'll be cool. So, this is Jamie Retzke signing off on the lighter side of baseball for another day. Hit them straight. Fairways are still green, and we will talk to you in a few days. Thanks for listening to On the Lighter Side of Baseball. Baseball.